You're listening to The One Room with a View Show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View Show with myself, Christopher, and the sensei of the silver screen. It's Mr. Dan Orton. These are getting better and better. I, I'm... I always like to see a little <laughs> smile crack on your face. Uh, it's, yes, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really do. Um... Dan, what so, else coming up on the show today? Well, I'll tell you. Um, some film old, some film new. This week we are looking at The Guard from 2011 mm. and uh, this year's Calvary, which is um, the, the link there being Brendan Gleeson and John Michael McDonough, yeah. uh, who wrote and directed both films. Brendan Gleeson obviously stars in both, and they are thematically linked, but we'll go on to that. We'll go on to that, Dan. We love our themes. Yeah. After that, we've got... We have a guest. We have a little treat, don't we, <laughs> for ourselves and for the listener. Yeah, yes, it's, I'm very excited. Um, we keep giving them these bloody new features, Dan. I mean, as so I said yeah, this you, is our, we're calling this Be Our Guest. Mm. Um, Which isn't copyright infringing no, no, or anything. No, 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 That's that completely that original at all. No. Um, not a song. Do with Disney. Certainly not a song, Candle or Angela Lansbury. No. <laughs> it doesn't link <laughs> any of those things involved. together. Anyway, they're just yeah. things I've plucked out. Of I was going to say, where do they come from? Um, so yeah, be our guest, and we're going to be joined by um, uh, Hook, <laughs> one of the writers from the yes. from the blog. We yes. won't say who. No. Um, but it's nice. We will say it does break up the testosterone slightly. <laughs> so it's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah, that that'll be really good. And we're going to be talking about. Um, Marvel films and well, just superhero films in general. Yeah, the yeah. cinematic universe building that these yeah, superheroes which, which has become rife at mm. the moment. Um, you are going to be doing a. Uh, I can't understand you, but it looks good. Yes, but um, it looks bloody good. It looks Dan. bloody good. Yeah, and this uh, film does look bloody good. This I'm is glad. our foreign film feature, which has been away for a while. Yeah, um, little hiatus. You've now you've seen something again. I, have. I won't say what. Well, well, maybe we could say. Yeah, what. let's say what it is. It, it's the Raid Two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the, the sequel. The, yeah, the sequel to the Raid, which took everyone by storm. Uh, you know, was was lauded by anyone who saw it, critics mm. alike, uh, critics and public alike. Um, and it's back. And it's back. Mm. In a Kick second instalment. Kicking ass, say, taking names. Bigger and badder. Yeah, and bloodier. And bloodier. Mm. <laughs> but we'll have a discussion so I, about I, that. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, and then, well, we... A little up, bit of housekeeping. A little bit of housekeeping. An update on where I am with my challenge. The Pokemon challenge. Saga. <laughs> the Pokemon Saga continues. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot to discuss on that front. Uh, and How also... is the archaeological dig going? <laughs> And has your nan learnt the uh, Pokemon theme yet for the the old Joanna? She's getting there. I've, She's I've, getting I've found I found the sheet music. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, should we crack on? I was going to say less. <laughs> some film old, some film new. Thank you, Chris. Yep, recorded so, live. Recorded live as ever. As ever. Um, right. So it's Calvary and the Guard. Calvary and the Guard. Both films starring Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Actually, they, they share a lot of actors mm. between them. I won't go into all, but a, a quick glance at IMDb will show you yeah. how many actors share, uh, how many actors these films share. Um, also, John Michael Madonna wrote and directed both films. He yeah. said they are part. They are two parts of a trilogy, a trilogy that he's forming. Um, to, to give the title of the trilogy may is a bit spoilerific. I think if you haven't seen either film. I actually um, don't know this, Dan. Could you tell oh, me? Oh, right. Oh, well, Go on, I'll... don't worry. No, no, no. I don't... All right, well, spoilers ahead. I'm about to say... Yeah, turn so it down for a couple of seconds if you want. Turn it down for a couple of minutes. Well, I just... So he's calling it the glorified suicide trilogy. Okay, excellent. If that makes sense to Yes, you. it does, absolutely. Um, 
Hopefully the listeners will turn their audio back up now. Yes, yes, we're <laughs> back. For, hello again. Spoiler alert, over. Spoiler alert's gone. So yeah, that, you'll see why that's... Yes, uh, that's very relevant. Um, uh, and it's funny because the director actually wrote the film, wrote Calvary, whilst filming The Guard. Which is really? not I a little piece of Thank trivia you. for Thank you. Thank you for yes. that. I did not realise that. Not a problem. Uh, the Guard uh, was obviously Madonna's uh, directorial debut, mm. as far as I'm aware. I, thi- I'm, I think actually it's his second film. I uh, he, think wrote, he wrote a he film. Did, was it Ned was, Kelly or something? Yes, he wrote Ned Kelly. But, but he didn't Guard direct. Is, the Guard yeah. is the first film he's directed. And what mm. a job he does of it. I mean, mm. it's become, I think, unless Calvary's now overtaken it. It, it is, has. It, it, I think okay. it just has, yeah. Right, so previously, until Calvary was released, The Guard was Ireland's most successful film. Yeah, I think Calvary is just overtaking it. I might be wrong there, though. If it isn't Calvary, it is The Guard. Yeah. Let's do plots, because we always forget this, Dan. Yes. So, the, uh, go on, you take The Guard. You, the uh, Guard is... Uh, Brendan Gleeson plays uh, Officer Jerry Boyle, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, yeah. that's his name. And he's this gloriously uh, politically incorrect policeman, essentially, isn't he? Yeah. Police officer, who's... Um, He's the most unpredictable officer on his force. Bit of a lone wolf. Uh, not not the great. He's not Columbo, but um, he's just someone that, that, that the rest of the officers and and the criminal elite can't really pin down. They can't really get a hold on him. Um, and some drugs are are. There's an exporting importing uh, of a large qu- uh, quantity of of drugs. Uh, the FBI have got involved in the form of Don Cheadle, and it's kind of like how they spar against each other and how they try and foil the drug ring. Yes, it's a bit... I mean, it, it, on the surface, it looks like one of those sort of bog-standard buddy... Comedy, comedy yeah. You know, Fish out of water kind cop, of thing. You know, two cops, two very different... Co- you know, lethal weapon style, two very different yeah. cops, two... Um, but... but but there's much more. It's much deeper than that. Much deeper, um, yeah. That kind of undersells it's, it's quite, the guard. It's quite yeah. a character-driven drama. Mm. <laughs> and do you want to do Calvary then? If I've done the guard, yes. Yeah, so Calvary is uh, well. So in Calvary, Brendan Gleeson plays Father James, who is the complete opposite of Sergeant Boyle. Yes. <laughs> um, he is uh, this. He is a good priest mm. um, at a time when the Catholic Church is, you know, under power, being relinquished. You know, people. It's, People mistrust it for good reason. Yes, of course. Let us not trivialise that. Mm. Um, and it's a very brave film, I think, to to make in that sense. And because it, it does directly reference and deal with the um, the child abuse scandals that yes. surrounded so, the Catholic uh, yes. Church. Yes. So, um, so it opens with, uh, with Father James in confession. Someone comes in to uh, basically say that they are going to kill him a week from now. Mm. Um, and unless you're particularly good with voices, mm. uh, I don't think you'll. You don't see the you don't see the man who says it, and I don't but, think you'd you'd guess who it was. Uh, yeah, because I don't actually think they um, use the same actor's voice as the. Well, like, who the actor. Knows? I don't know, I mean, but it's funny as we said that the guard sells itself as this kind of maverick buddy comedy, and I think Calvary sells itself as a whodunit. And all those two those two things are important to each film. Yes, they're they're not what these yes. films are about. And of course, I mean, <laughs> to call Calvary a whodunit is a misnomer in the sense that it's more of a who will do it. Because of course it hasn't happened yet. Of course, yeah. Um, and it all builds up, and you have to, you spend the week with Father James mm. as he tries to uh, as he tries to tie up, he starts to tie up loose ends uh, with his daughter and 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 various people of the uh, community. Uh, yes. But also at the same time, he's hurtling towards this seemingly annihilation, annihilation yeah. of you know, and and how he deals with with the the, the darkness that is surrounding him. Mm. Uh, a very uh, much much more bleak film. A much, far much darker. bleaker, yeah. much far darker. With the guard, there was this sort of 
But there was a, a little note of whimsy, a bit of... It's uh, cheerfully chaotic. Yes, That's how uh, I describe the guard. And some hope at the end, you know, some hope for the characters. With, with Calvary, there seems that no hope has gone. No. Uh, sorry, no, all hope has gone, yes. I should say. Um, but still, uh, still very funny. Mm. You know, the moments when I was laughing out loud. I did find some of the humour in... Calvary at odds with this immense dark. It's such an existential darkness to this film. Yes. And I did think there was a couple of things like uh, Father James is kind of um, like sidekick priest. He's a bit like a Father Dougal character, isn't he? From oh, uh, absolutely. From Father yes. Ted. Yeah. He's kind of a bit brainless. He's um, very sycophantic to people with money and things like that. And he's kind of having a crisis of faith. Everyone seems to be having a crisis of faith. I know. There was yes. Yeah, so if you're going to see, if you're going to sum this film up, it would be crisis of faith. Yeah. Uh, but I did find that somewhat at odds with just the the bleakness of this film. Whereas I think that there's a cheekiness to the guard, the darkness, and, yes. and the guard is an undeniably dark film. Absolutely, um, the the humour is that kind of I, really good Irish. I think Madonna Madonna handles the uh, juggling of the humour and and the darkness in the guard maybe a bit better than he does with Calvary. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think he obviously was trying to make a more serious film, mm. maybe with Calvary. Oh, absolutely, um, because even the themes are you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, but but. I mean, yeah, there are obviously a few jarring moments. He doesn't quite, he doesn't quite get, uh, he, he doesn't successfully juggle them yeah. as well as in the guard. And in fact, um, to compare him to his to his brother, yes. uh, Martin, with with things like in Bruges, in Bruges he another does, Gleason comic, he does dark that comic. very well. He does the dark com- he does the dark and the and the comic, the dark and the light, particularly well. For some reason, of Calvary, maybe because of the subject, you know, because of this sort of undertone of mm. of, of of abusive in the church that is is so prevalent throughout, um, maybe it's a bit harder to find the humour and I to find so. the lighter moments. But yeah. there are there. They are. They there. are there, particularly and, more and towards can, the beginning. And if you can get over the, <laughs> if you can get over the hurdle of okay, yeah. <laughs> we've just gone from from child abuse to you know to sort of you know funny Irish locals. Yeah, you'll be all right. Um, but. Uh, Bad, bad points to the, the film? I mean, anything particularly, like, really bad? There's I mean, nothing we, particularly bad. I mean, I enjoyed, both, I enjoyed both of these films. I want to say that out from the outset. I was going to say, with full disclosure, I mean, both films are excellent. Yeah, and great films. I would films. urge everyone to go to the cinema and to see To go and Calvary. see both, yeah, and, absolutely. And the Guard, I think, is on I think film. that they're very different films. Like, I, I, It's interesting that they're going to be part of this thematic trilogy because I think that although there are certain things that are similar, like both, both of Brendan Gleeson's characters, Jerry and James, they're both very principled men and they Will live and die by yes. their principles. That's also another thing. That another thing that links them. But things. but they, but they are such different beasts. One thing that I did think there was a bit of a hangover problem is that there are certain characters on in both films that end up being a little placeholdery. Like they don't go. I mean, the the two central characters, uh, but yeah, both Brendan Gleeson characters are so well rounded and developed, yes. particularly and in Calvary. You know, you could watch Brendan Gleeson. I would watch Brendan Gleeson. Talk out of the phone book. Yeah, absolutely. He's such an important actor at the moment as well, isn't he? He's such a great, fantastic. And and I know we've talked about people being uh, great screen presences Mm. and stuff like that before. But he, and it feels a little cliche now. But he is, you know, he has a presence. He he commands the screen. Mm. Um, I mean, not just because I mean the man is, you know, he just is big and big beard in Calvary as well and but and the know. big grin in uh, in the guard yes. that big smile that he's got smile. almost like a lobotomized <laughs> expression like the great thing that he brings to Jerry uh, Boyle is officer officer Boyle is that 
there's that line, isn't it? Something like, um, I don't know if you're really smart or really stupid. And you never quite do know yeah. because he plays both of the, the fool yeah. and that kind of... He could you be know, the smartest man there. Or, in the smartest or the, man in the or room the most, or just the, or the, the jester. Yeah, and he plays that really well. And that weariness and... And Father James is a character who's joined the priesthood later on in life, and you know it's hinted that he was an alcoholic before yes. his wife has died. His um, his daughter has had uh, struggles with depression, and that kind of world weariness that he carries around with him, and that baggage that people of losing their faith and the scandals that have hit the church, he just carries. I mean, it, it is a joy to watch him on the screen, and from that. Yeah opening stark chapter of Calvary like wow that opening scene is yes. one shot one continuous shot in the confession booth um, with that very first line that I don't think we yes. could even yeah, utter no, now no, no. but it takes your breath away and, yeah. and Gleason is amazing but I, I'm not sure if it's because he's so good or if it maybe is slightly underwriting but you do feel like there are a couple of stock characters like the nihilist doctor played by um, I can't remember the actor's name Aidan Gillen Aidan Gillen is a little mm, uh, as much P- as Peter Baelish beard in yeah, exactly yeah and, and also that my queen husk from Game of Thrones <laughs> and then you've got Mark Strong in the guard as his typical London geezer gangster kind of thing yes. these are kind of Characters that you might see in any crime or or kind of maybe existential yeah, crisis, especially film. with Calvary, because I think obviously he does litter it with. It has there has to be red herrings. You have to start wondering yeah. um, who who it is that's got, who has made this threat. Who yeah. is going to kill him uh, on the beach mm. come Sunday? Uh, but yes, you're right. So there is a you know there is a, I think maybe, a slight underdeveloping maybe yeah. a, a, a slight card holder, but. I don't think it takes away from either film. I don't think you come away from those films going, oh, Mark Strong, all he did was effing blind. Like, there's a fun even mm. to that. And uh, I like all the characters. I mean, I, I really like the characters that are in there, placeholders or not. They mm. all seem to have their own, you know, they, they all play a part. Yeah. Uh, and, and are all delightful. To, I mean, he casts them all very well. There's a, a lot of thought goes into that. Yeah. Um, what's nice about Calvary as well in the, in the who will do it angle because as I say I think that in all of the questions that Calvary asks and it asks you know a lot of heavy questions without necessarily uh, offering up any answers the one thing I really liked about it that the who will do it doesn't really matter towards the end like it's an interesting part but the, the heavier themes and questions it asks are the more important focus of Calvary yes yeah and I was half expected them to not even not reveal it at all. Exactly, and yeah. of course, there is one mystery that remains unsolved at the end of Calvary. Yes. Um, frustratingly, perhaps. But I was worrying towards the end whether or not and we'd it, see who it was indeed. Or yes, would the he, other would dangling. Is, well, it just leaves these questions dangling, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the other great thing about Calvary as well is that all of the actors uh, that, um, that McDonough casts are all of a similar fame so it doesn't suffer from that prisoner's thing where it's like, well, that's the most famous person, so thus they will be the person <laughs> yes. revealed at the end. You know, yes. like. Although I would advise don't look on the IMDb yeah. page because the, the, there is a little bit of a clue there, I yeah. think, unfortunately, which I didn't see until afterwards, luckily. I wasn't going to fall for the uh, non-stop trick at the, the non-stop <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. trap I fell into before. Uh, but anyway. Do you prefer either one of them? I, don't, I, I think I'm... I'd happily watch The Guard a bit more often. I think maybe, I don't think Calvary is one yeah. of those things you can watch. You know, oh, it's Friday night, let's get a pizza and watch Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? Oh, but, uh, um, existential faith in the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> but, um, but, the, but The Guard, however, is a bit more... You can watch it a bit more. I, yeah. You know, uh, 
and I look forward to the final instalment of this of this supposed trilogy mm. uh, when when it comes out. I've got to say, I think I do prefer The Guard. I think The Guard is a stronger film because it's an overall film, whereas I think that Calvary, maybe because of its chaptered days, you know, like it follows the seven days, yes. it tends to get a little episodic. So, like... Uh, there, 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 there's a part where Donald Gleeson is in as a kind of a serial killer who's been jailed and he, yes. he's bringing them... And isn't he great? He's really well good in watch. it. Yeah, I mean, as I say, excellent performances across the, mm. across the board. The apple did not fall far from the tree. Absolutely not. There. And I think he will continue to grow as an actor. Like, very interesting. Like, he must be, a, what, 30, something like mm. that. And just the different things he's done, like a kind of Richard Curtis romantic comedy to cameoing in Calvary to Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. Yes, all yeah. of these different things. Very interesting actor uh, but yeah I, I think The Guard might be stronger film because it, it feels like it knows what it is more than Calvary like mm. Calvary seems to be and I wouldn't dare call it a bag of ideas because it's better than that you know it's, it's much yeah. more coherent than that but I think with the episodic nature and the the, the kind of cheeky Irish humour compared to the weightier things it looks at there's a little contrast there whereas The Guard for me is just kind of out and out entertainment <laughs> with, with darkness or no darkness yes I remember we, when we first saw it together didn't we that's and, right yeah and, I mean it was one of our favourite films I mean it's that, that, it made our top 10 for 2011 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so a Bob rating for both I'm going to give both I mean should we, should we do Calvary first and then The Guard I mean Mine, I'm going to give them the same thing. Same, same. And same I'm going to give them both four. And and I will echo yeah. that. Yeah, Despite four for me. Guard being the guard, maps being the yeah, being four the slightly at the topper end of four. Yeah, Calvary doesn't scrape it, and it's funny because I saw it with two other people, and one person, all of us were knocked for six when we came out of Calvary. <laughs> that doesn't happen like much with me when I come out of film. I wanted to instantly discuss it, where I was a bit like, wow, <laughs> when I walked out, I was like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't quite know what I saw there, but. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, this is such a strong piece of cinema. I think I've enjoyed it more on reflection than when mm. I first walked out. Whereas with The Guard, I walked out and was like, I can't wait to see that again. Yes. Many, many of us, The Calvary feels like a more important film. Yeah, that. you're right. Yeah, certainly in the zeitgeist. Um, but anyway, so for for all, across all around and go and see them if you can, listeners. Calvary is in the cinemas now mm. and you can. The Guard is available for pennies. Yeah. In it's fact, I mean... Just go and watch as much of Brendan Gleeson on screen as you can. From any, In Bruges, Harry Potter, all of those. Just, you know. Here, here. I don't know what you're saying, but it looks bloody good. Fantastic. <laughs> I do love that one. It's a great one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, the Raid 2. The Raid 2, You yes. went and saw this today. I saw it today, fresh. Just this afternoon, yeah. For, for, the, for the podcast, So, yes. um, first of all, what's the plot? The plot is wow. That's quite the question, Dan. If you it, can put it in a, into a nutshell, I'll try. I'll try my best. It's much bigger than the first raid. The first raid film is a Ron Seal film. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's a raid on a high a high rise building yep. in a similar. I think unfortunately it did come out almost within a few months of Dread, but they kind of reflect each other. Basically, there's a big bad at the top of this building. A group of uh, like a SWAT team. Uh, are going into this high-rise building and basically they've got to get through 30 floors of hell, which is essentially the tagline. The Raid 2 builds on that in a way that very few sequels do. This film is massive compared to The Raid. The Raid, as I said, they go in, so, they kick the crap out of 30 floors. So not two buildings. No, I, do you know what? I was thinking, are they going to do it like 
from top to bottom or a different <laughs> building, something like this. Uh, yeah, but it, no. it picks up right from where the last room ended. Right, lads, we've got to get down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Back we go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It isn't that. It isn't just a rewinding, <laughs> you know. It's, it's massive, this, this film, and, I, and I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this. Uh, it, Listen, if you could see Chris, he's you're like a coiled spring. Just I can't wait to talk to, to you about the Raid too, I thought that you, you hear these films, especially when you hear about these kind of high concept films, which I suppose you could call the Raid. Mm. It's you know they, they have to basically go from floor one to floor thirty in, in a similar way to a video game in many ways. I was going to say it does sound particularly formulaic in that. Yeah, sense. exactly. Whereas the Raid two kind of goes Godfather on our on our backsides. Like it it it, it just the scope of it just goes massive Dan they basically it, it starts with Rama who's the the protagonist from the first film the martial arts basically god uh, certainly an heir to Bruce Lee I think in, <laughs> yeah. in that kind of cinematic martial arts films he basically picks up from the first film and his his brother is gunned down in the first few seconds of this film it's not a spoiler to say that it literally happens in the first kind of 10 seconds so that's a shock one of the main characters of the first film gunned down first 10 seconds and what happens then is that the, the, the cop, crooked cop corruption angle of the first film, which was so prevalent in the first film, becomes like the real focus of this second film in that a unit want to really weed out all of the crooked cops and the corruption in the Indonesian uh, police force. Right. And they think Rama, in the fact that he can roundhouse anyone, <laughs> is certainly <laughs> a tool that they want to. So yeah. what they want to do is they want to take Rama and... To use Liam Neeson's vernacular, his very special set of skills, and they're going to plant him uh, into a prison system so that he can make friends with a gangster's son and then join that particular gang. And he's going to try and not only take out the gangsters, but the crooked cops that uh, that that um, the kind of. Aid, the, aid and abet them right. and their criminal activities. Right. Okay. I know that's quite long. The film is two and a half hours, yeah. so it's quite. And it all just. It's... I won't lie to you, Dan, I was the, blown away by this film. Like, I really would implore you and the listener to go and see this. I thought it was going to be a fairly bog-standard, like, oh, the first film did quite well, people love... For some pe reason, people love to see the shit being kicked out of other people, you know. But this film is such a crime epic that I think whilst people will have enjoyed the raid and, and there was a certain innovative gimmickery, if that's a word, to it, Whereas the second film is just an all-out crime saga yeah. epic. I have to say, I, I can't say that um, I've been too fussed about yeah. The Raid 2 at all. I'm not, you know, no, no, no particular pull to go and see it. Mm. I would quite happily let it pass me by. But your enthusiasm, yeah. <laughs> see, I'm, I'm feeling persuaded. I felt exactly the uh, same as to, you, Dan. To head out now, to, to hell with the to podcast. To abandon, <laughs> abandon this and I'll go and watch The Raid. Well, I felt exactly the same as you. I thought, right, it's going to be one of those sequels in the same way that, you know, like Taken 2, Taken was such a great idea, it made yeah. enough money to get the, the sequel. I thought that was going to be exactly the same. And I was a little worried. And then One Room with a View, Tom Bond reviewed it. He gave it five out of five. I thought, wow, I respect Tom's opinion. You know, I knew that he wasn't going to be one of these people who, who gave fives out willy-nilly. I thought, I have to go and see this film. And I said to you, I want to see this film before the podcast, and I'm so pleased that I did. Yeah, it is two and a half hours, but the, it, it's one of the best-directed films I've seen in recent memories. Like, this film, we say, we can't understand you. I can't understand Indonesian, I won't lie to you. <laughs> but it looks bloody good. This looks bloody amazing. And is it, presumably, it, uh, it is subtitled rather than dubbed? It is subtitled, yeah. And I know that both of us prefer that. Yeah, it is completely subtitled. It, it, I said to you that I think we've had this discussion before that subtitles demand a little bit more concentration. 
which is yes. good because this film isn't unless gonna... it's bloody Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit <laughs> yeah chuckle <laughs> this film kind of isn't just there's some wonderfully gruesome action sequences and some very innovative killings and Right, I, I spent the whole time hissing. You know that kind of, oh, you know where it takes your breath away. I, I did that for two and a half hours, but because there's, it demands a little more attention. Someone next to you, there's a snake in the. But there, was, there was a guy next to me, and both of us were flinching like this because there's some really gruesome and really kind Fantastic. of really close to the bone, um, pun intended, yeah. uh, sequences. But the, you know, like when you feel like you've seen everything in action in the action. Uh, uh, genre, yeah. like it. Unfortunately, action now has kind of been a little bit dumbed down and mugged. Like you've kind of got these really awful kind of uh, reinventions of Stallone films and stuff like that. Whereas I think the Raid Two is like it really elevates. Like as, when I watched it, I kept thinking this is the Godfather Part Two of action films. Like it takes everything that was good about the first, but it just blows it up tenfold. Yeah, and um, it's thoroughly enjoyable, uh, it beautifully acted. Uh, I can't get like convey how wonderful this film is just to watch visually like yeah some of it really does put your teeth on edge violence wise and it doesn't shy away this is one of the most violent films i've seen in recent times but there's there's a real kind of i don't know macabre beauty to it to as well there's a particular sequence about 40 minutes into the film i suppose where there's a a prison riot and it's staged all in this kind of muddy bog area and just how, how how they use that to as a real strength Kind of like they're slipping and sliding yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just really great, yeah. Okay, um, so... I'm glad that my enthusiasm has been conveyed. It's like a... It has certainly has. For two and a half hours, for, for, for to have been in, that invested, you know, it's a foreign film, you have to concentrate, it's very bloody. Um, to be that involved in a film, it, it's kind of like a shot of adrenaline to the eyeball, you know, like it just keeps you invested there's nothing kind of lazy or boring or rehashed about this film it, it takes it if you love the first film you're going to go mental over this film if you thought the first one was quite good you're going to really enjoy this film Bob Rainey I don't know if it's like the kind of thing Dan because I've only saw this a couple of hours ago and I'm really enthusiastic <laughs> about talking to you but I, I kind of want to join Tom in this yeah. five Bob so what I want to say is that I will give a preliminary five. Maybe after it's come down, I might drag it down to four. But it, if, even if it comes down to four, it's a very high four. Okay. I implore you all to see it. All right. In cinemas now, The Raid 1 is available on Netflix. You heard it here. Well, well, you heard it on my room with Tom yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here again. Go and see it. <laughs> Be our guest. Perfect. Fantastic. What a brilliant... Guest rendition. Yes, is that the right word for that? Yeah, I think a, so. A, yeah, a good, a good, very a good, carefully uh, avoiding a good reading. The crucial note. Right, let's get down to it, Dan. We're yeah. going to deliver a brand new feature again. We uh, have. Yeah, I, I mean, we bring one out every. I'm getting sick of it to be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that we're we're bringing such originality, if nothing else. Yeah, but we're going to nothing else. To it. <laughs> there <Well>. is nothing. <laughs> nothing else. Um, we we've got someone here. We've got a lovely lady next to us. Yes, our very first guest. Very for the first, one room I'm very show. excited. As and I, I'm, I'm really pleased that it's that it's this woman in particular. Are we, are we going to talk to her like she's in the? the We're going to talk person? to her. Yeah. Are you going to introduce yourself? Do you want to introduce yourself? Or would you like me to introduce you? Oh, I, oh. Ah, pressure. I don't okay. mind. Okay. Uh, this is Tori Brazier. People from the brand, <laughs> rapturous applause. Um, I thought it was apt. From, from the from the uh, the one room with a view brand. People will know Tori as a feature writer, primarily, for the site. So, Tori, yes. what do you do on the site, just to let us know? 
quite right features, as you so <laughs> as you so well put. No, um, I do. Uh, sadly, because I live out in the sticks, I can't always. Yes, you come from the 18th century, don't you? I do. We've managed to get you here via TARDIS. Yes, I said. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. I do have issues. Cinemas where I live do not show all of the new releases. Yeah, it's gone with the wind um, at the moment, if I remember correctly. Is it? Not... <laughs> Worcester actually has a very good history of showing Gone with the Wind a lot. <laughs> Wow, Perfect. I don't even think you're joking, are you? No, well, I've been interviewing for one of the many jobs I have. Sorry, not Carl Gable, actually... you haven't been interviewing. No, no, he is dead. But yeah. I have been interviewing, um, I can confirm this, having spoken to his family. No. Carl Gable is alive and well in Worcester. No, I've been speaking to um, projectionists, actually, in Worcester, who were all projecting yeah. in the 50s. And although it's slightly for anywhere else, the 50s mm. is after Gone with the Wind. They yeah. were all talking, I would say, is one of the questions, what was the most popular film you remember showing? They'd all be oh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, blimey. It would well, show like nice. 20 years So what's later. currently showing? Currently showing probably about 70% of what's showing everywhere else. So and the annoyingly, kind of office. Yeah, annoyingly the 30% that's not showing is normally the good stuff. Mm. You know, I, I doubt Calvary's showing. I was going to say, we've just talked about Calvary, so you haven't had to see that yet. No, no, I doubt they'll ever show it. They don't have taste. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, well. <laughs> well, <laughs> lovely sorry, sorry. Excellent. But Tori is here. Uh, As our very first guest yes, ever. Ever. Ever, the first of many. Mm. And hopefully Tori will come back after this. You yeah. know, hopefully we won't scare you off. Okay. Um, but Tori is an old friend of the show in its old previous form. Yes, in uh, its at, format. Uh, as Friday Night Film at uni. You, you came in for, a, for, for one night only for mm. a wonderful chat about the London Film Festival. Yes. And, and Michael Fassbender. Penis. <laughs> Michael Fassbender's penis. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, we spoke about shame. It wasn't like she followed him into the gents or anything, I should say. Oh, although, did you? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> that, rumor, that rumor was never confirmed or denied. There, there was a press conference afterwards. We yeah, were I'm in the sure same there was. room That's what together. they call it these days, a press and conference. It may or may not have crossed my mind, as I was sitting in about row two, not to follow him into the toilet. Thank you, Christopher. Row two, it must have been right on top of you. Yeah. Oh, it was, as, it was as near as I could get, but uh, <laughs> no, because this is kind of going there. into like misery kind of uh, um, you're territory. Making, you're making me look really bad. All I was thinking as I sat there, worrying yes. about asking a question, looking like a dick, and then like before how, you how saw out. his. Yeah. No, this is after. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. I did actually think this is a pretty boring press conference. How mm. much do I value my past to do the rest of the films? I could liven up by just throwing myself on the desk. You should have done that. But what are we? What's Tori here for today? She's not here to <laughs> not, talk not about here Michael to discuss Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Um, no, we're here to discuss uh, Marvel films. Yes. And, and indeed, the, the sort of the, the world building that Marvel are playing, and now, and indeed other, you know, uh, Warner Brothers are getting on the bandwagon yeah, now and Fox. trying to build DC. Sony. Fox. Are, Sony. Fox and well, right, Sony, to be specific, yes. are uh, <clears throat> desperately trying to hoard and keep clutch onto their. their They're trying to grapple the, the, in the bandwagon at the yeah, moment, aren't they? And, 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 and their... sort of yeah, keep their hands on the on the uh, the superheroes they own, uh, or the, the, the rights thereof, because um, they've seen what Marvel are doing with their their roster of heroes, and, yeah. and everyone thinks it's really good. I mean, there's been word of of uh, of X Men sharing a world with Fantastic Four, at least the Fantastic Four reboot. Um, obviously, uh, we've got Batman versus Superman, and, and no doubt Wonder Woman, in the Justice Wonder League. Woman in there as well. So, I mean, hints of the Justice League are—you know—they've gone beyond subtle. And Marvel continues to go from strength to strength and phase to phase, and with, million to million. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, and, and you two recently this week saw the Amazing Spider-Man. We did too. Yes, we, and we wanted to give you like a little review of that, didn't we, yeah. the listener? Because yeah, it's out today. We yes, say. and I'm dying to hear it. Yeah, um, hear well, it, we, we gathered in Leicester Square, didn't we, Tori? We did, uh, and 
we were given these lovely little um, these uh, kind of it was like what would you say like a glossy kind of postcardy large, spidey. large postcard yeah really large invitation this is none of your kind of you know your Avengers rubbish <laughs> <laughs> this is sp- uh, amazing Spider-Man yes. with yeah. amazing in- uh, I don't know is it like an invitation wasn't it it was great yeah anyway we walked in and um, I-, I was saying to Tori actually I- we were uh, in different places for the screening and it was sponsored by Evian um, the-, the mineral water company yes. And have you seen other water brands are available? All available, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that advert that this particular water brand do? It's a Spider-Man one where yeah, they show him yeah. as a baby doing like a little dance. The guy behind me, who must have been in PR and gotten a fr- as a freebie or something, watched about ten seconds of the advert and went, "This ain't the film, is it?" <laughs> Just so worried, like that he'd kind of like, "What have they done to Spider-Man?" I won't lie, the film ain't much better. <laughs> oh no! But there's no break dancing spider babies in it. No, there isn't. I. Kind of at some points, I was thinking, when are they going to bring the breakdancing Spider Baby out? Oh, no. Instead, we get our kind of Mr. Freeze, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier, it was free. Yes. So yes. I can't really Completely complain. free of charge, which was so, good. So, right, pros. Yeah. yeah. Free showing. Yeah. It's, Let's go on to the negatives. <laughs> it's really, it's really not terrible. It's just, it, it's nothing new. It really no. isn't. It feels storyline quite similar to previous Spider Mans. Yes. Um, and just doesn't really seem to build... Like, I don't know how you two have... I, I enjoyed the first Amazing Spider-Man. I thought it was all right, I must admit. I didn't think Again, it was I much... Again, I would echo what you just said about it being nothing new. Mm. I, I was always sort of against the reboot. Well, the reboot... It was very soon after, after very I think we already done it the first time. I mean, the reboot is just a remixing of, of yeah. Sam Raimi's yeah. first film, isn't it? Mm. There, I mean, apart from a really awful lizardy villain... Yes, the, the first lizard. one had its good points. It, it had well, its Andrew merits. Garfield, we should say, and Andrew Garfield is is the best thing about this film. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I always found no offense, Tobey Maguire. He's been great and other stuff, but he was a bit of a weedy wuss as yeah. Peter Parker. Whereas Andrew Garfield does the more teenage awkwardness, cool, but can be yeah. cool sometimes. Yeah. He does that mix a lot. An better. awkward charm, doesn't he? Yeah. And I think he's just much more believable mm. as. A, Parker. Yeah, and and, and um, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy is a, is a kind of stronger character, I think, as I well. Think than, just, than I think I feel like they're just playing themselves. Really. Yeah, I mean, they are a couple in real I was life. Say they've yeah. got wonderful chemistry anyway. Haven't yeah. they? Well, they they really capitalise on that a lot of the film. Actually, they have a lot of kind of, of of scenes together, and actually quite a big part of the the story is all about like can they stay together? Well, I think that, that particularly in this film, it's more focused at the, the Spider-Man stuff is kind of not irrelevant but it, I think it plays second fiddle to their relationship particularly in this film yeah I think they focus a lot on what it means to be Spider-Man yeah, the and what you have to sacrifice and thing. I mean but, but in a weird way there, I also felt there was possibly more action as Spider-Man yeah possibly I slightly mean, shoehorned in and I it was quite a long film I thought this was very film. soapy very soapy like one minute they're yeah. together the next I minute they I was going to say although their good and their chemistry is great my goodness some of that dialogue that was an, shite it's an, it's an awful script I should say oh, that. I did yeah. cringe I did cringe I mean I'm we're going to retain a no spoiler yeah. policy yeah. aren't we yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's no yeah. spoilers but I, as, as a girl I, you know, <laughs> I, I like my rom-coms and stuff but seriously some of that was so God awful cringy. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> right, well. It's really cotton wool, thick, fluffy dialogue. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of things. It, the, the, the direction, it has more fun than the first film. So, like, Peter Parker's ringtone is the amazing Spider Man theme. Yeah. Da, 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 da. They yeah. play that gag about three times, though, in it. It's kind of like they don't know. The, 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 the comedy is always at odds with this darker tone they're trying to do. Like, you know, God love Christopher Nolan and his grittiness, but mm. they're trying to Sony are trying to force that into the Spider Man. It doesn't work. No. At one minute he's kind of you know quipping. The I next was going to say it's very hard to bring in a sense of gritty realism mm. to a superhero who is 
bitten by a radioactive, a radioactive spider. Spider-Man. And is a teenager and comes across very much as a teenager. Exactly, yeah, and he's kind of graduating in this one and he's going to college. Yeah, yeah. I should say, so that we can kind of bring you into the larger discussion now, so we kind of had mixed feelings about The Amazing mm. Spider-Man 2, which is fair yeah, to say. Yeah, I'd say it could definitely have done without half yeah. an hour. Yeah, I but mean, I, yes, it's a very long one, it's two and a <laughs> half hours. But I mean, this uh, it brings us into uh, early announcements before the film came out about the Sinister Six film yeah. and films about Venom and the fact that they want to make another, what, three Spider-Man We've films? got definitely another two coming. We've definitely got another Amazing Spider-Man 3 and we've got an Amazing Spider-Man 4. And really? There is definitely yes, I was reading an interview today in a magazine that is available in yes. London sometimes. Always. Um, <laughs> and as far as I'm aware, this could be wrong, could be updated now, but I know he's definitely going to be another one. He signed up for three film contracts. Andrew Garfield has only signed up to Amazing Spider-Man 3, but there will definitely be an Amazing Spider-Man 4. Interesting. Yes. So they're going to go for it even if he doesn't want to? Well, absolutely, to... because as Dan said, they're building a universe yeah. around it, which seems very strange. And it strange. seems very much... Uh, there definitely seems to be a... They're building up to something. There's this... I mean, Oscorp seems very... Mm. Um, Obviously, there's sinister goings on there. There's definitely yeah, links, that's, between, that's which I'm sure which you guys obviously the, are, yeah. are, are more knowing than I am. Yeah. And well, we'll keep you in me. the dark as Oz, much yeah, as we Oscorp can. Yeah, very much. But, but how thing. do you feel? So, how do you feel Sony's approach to world building and? I think it's think awful. They're not doing a good perfectly job. Honest. I think that the world building thing becomes so painfully obvious in the last 20 minutes of this film, maybe. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Or does the human just torch get... just sort of fly across the back of the screen? <laughs> With Mark Miller attached, going, X Men coming soon! No, it's kind of like they try and crawl. Hugh Jackman stuff... is there for another film. They stuff a lot in. Mm, but only in the last like 20 yeah. minutes. It's really weird. Right. It's kind of like, look, we are going to build a universe, but just bear with us for the next 15 minutes and we try and. Tie build... everything up. Yeah. So, like, kind of okay. the Sinister Six thing only really becomes relevant in that very last third of the film. Yeah. Mm. I, I, right, I'm not sure enough. it's going to pay off in the same way the Avengers stuff's going to come. This is the thing about it, isn't it? Can anyone repeat what Marvel have succeeded in doing? Well, I'll tell you the reason, and, I, and I'll ask you, Tori, as well, is, is why I think that no one can replicate what Marvel are doing, is that Marvel are making good films, cool films, that have the superhero element almost playing as a secondary role. So, for example, the Captain America film that we spoke about in the last podcast yes. was a spy thriller that happened to have a 95-year-old super soldier. Yes. I Captain think we've America said this, hero. they're constantly... They're bending genres. Exactly. They're, they're crossing the line there. And, and, the, the, and the superhero thing is constantly being reevaluated. But whereas with the Spider Man, it is just a rehashing of the Sam Raimi yeah, films, aren't they? There's nothing new. There's absolutely there. nothing new. They're not looking at it from. You could possibly say that this kind of Dawson's Creek angle that they're going with is maybe slightly which new. Which doesn't always work. It, which is awful, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it as it is. I thought it was crap. But um, it, it, it's not relevant enough. It's not fresh enough. You know, it, it does feel like one of those 90s yeah, dramas. It's nothing, it's nothing new. I mean, I must say, someone, I don't really, I don't read comic books, so I don't know much about the characters other than what is in the sort of general yeah. public domain and knowledge. And I, I very much remember when I went to see, I hadn't seen, I didn't see the Iron Man films till later, so my first Marvel film I saw was Thor. Okay. And I went in to see it, and I really enjoyed it. And I mean, I wasn't going in thinking it was going to be crap. I would have been like, yeah, it'll probably be all right. <laughs> mm. But I actually genuinely really thought this well, is good. Well, who doesn't enjoy Thor? I yeah, Thor's great. But like, what I quite like is they, they feel, yeah, they feel like... <laughs> yeah, I forgot they, they, they Branagh's hands all but over But they it. take risks. They do, and, like, they do. having Kenneth Branagh direct it, you'd never think of that. But I, didn't, I think you could see it almost. I thought the acting was great. And mm. they actually, as you kind of said earlier about the whole, the superhero stuff being secondary. Yeah. 
there was a lot about it was about relationships and, and characters and how well, you characterised it as a rom com, didn't you? In many ways, I was going to say, yeah, I feel like Thor is a rom com. I thought, as I said, uh, Captain America is a war movie. Yeah, the, uh, Winter Soldier mm. is a is a thriller. Incredible Hulk is a crap film. Incredible Hulk. Uh, but, but then what's Avengers? Just a, a is Avengers just like everything? Well, I think Avengers. It was amazing. Ava- Ava- Avengers is a Josh Whedon. A Josh it Whedon was great. Film. Yeah, I really I mean, think it was great. It's, it's a Buffy spin-off. It's in a many ways. Yeah. Well, what I loved about him actually, although the writing was obviously witty, but I just genuinely didn't expect that I would see a film where they'd have this many actors in and it all felt like they had the same amount of stuff to do without it being really obvious he'd been like right this person this is 20% Iron this Man person yeah. yeah and I mean well, apparently afterwards a certain cast member complained that he didn't feel he'd had enough mm. screen time but I genuinely when I was watching it thought it was really well balanced mm. Well, I think that Avengers is like the only one where it's a, like a really is a superhero, but they have something yes. like they're all guns blazing for that. But when you re- when you realise that Marvel are producing these kind of things, and I tell you now, Amazing Spider-Man Two is not going to benefit from Captain America Two coming out only a couple of weeks before. Absolutely not. No. Captain America Two is like head and shoulders a better film than this mm. in every way possible: writing, acting, direction. In that it takes risks. In that it feels like it is building up to this bigger thing in Avengers 2 and beyond and Captain America 3. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Is, I, I, I Honestly, I'll say now, I don't care what happens in the next film. <laughs> I, I don't care if there is another film. I have film. to say, yes. I think it's a bit strange, as you were saying earlier, about they're going to do an Amazing Spider-Man 4 even though Andrew Garfield doesn't have to sign up yeah. for it. What would they do if he doesn't? I mean, it's going to be bad probably anyway, Amazing Spider-Man 3, but then 4, seriously, why would you bother if you have well, to get another Spider-Man? They're downplaying the Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man 4 at the moment. They said it's definitely going to happen, but the date they gave to it said that it will almost certainly go to either the Sinister Six spin-off or mm. the Venom spin-off. Yeah. That's, that's more interesting to me, doing a film that's kind of like the Avengers of baddies... I'm very excited about it's, the Sinister Six. It's a much Six more film. interesting um, to me than rehashing Spider-Man. I really hope Alfred Molina is brought back in to be Doc so Ock. Who but, are the, Can you give me a... I don't know. Who are the Sinister Dan's Six? Dan's probably best, better at this oh, than gosh, me. I, uh, together we can probably yes. do the it. Lineup, it's, it's Doc Ock. Doc Ock right? is there. He's obviously been in the Spider-Man um, films before. Craven the Hunter. Yeah, is, but I don't know anything uh, about that. He's a rather... Um, but he's a, yeah, he's not as mainstream as the other villains mm-hmm. in the sense that, I don't think he's ever been portrayed properly. Um, the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin's there. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, the Eagle, or whatever his name is, or the Falcon or something. Uh, Vulture. Vulture, Vulture sorry, um, yeah. Falcon is in Captain America. Vulture yeah. is in there. Um, Rhino is not. Rhino is not one of them. Oh, and right, uh, another thing I should just say, for anyone who is a Paul Giamatti fan, he's in this film for about 12 seconds. So, you know, like... <laughs> three minutes okay, alright but in a two and a half hour film <laughs> it's very strange it's a he, bookmark he comes yeah he comes on at the Book beginning ending. and you're like oh that's Paul Giamatti although you can't really understand what he's saying no. I don't know he's having a lot of fun yeah, okay. and I love him well who wouldn't in a massive ro- rhino robot I don't think I mean, I'm not sure he gets away with it but definitely no one else could no no, he does steal Kenneth Branagh's Russian accent from uh, from. is Jack that Ryan. what he's doing though it's yeah. quite hard to actually mm. distinguish the words he's saying fair enough Anyway, so who have we got? Craven, Zach, uh, sorry, Vulture, yeah. Green Goblin, Doc Ock, uh, and... Two more. Other two slipped my mind. How annoying it is that? It doesn't matter, they're probably the rubbish ones. Anyone, um, anyone that's been in a spider Well, Electro, maybe Electro. I think Electro is one of them at some point. The thing is, the, the, the line-up changes every now and then. Yeah, so like it's the up to, And they yeah. might not even go with the, the... They might not stick to the, the comic book line-up anyway. Yeah. They might decide... 
But I have a feeling they're hinting at the lineup in the films they've made so far. Mm. Mm. Well, well, yeah. I mean, this isn't a spoiler because I think you, um, basically there's a clip in the trailer, isn't there? Yeah. Of a guy in a hat walking past yeah. what is essentially Doc Ock's arms, the vulture's wings, I think, and, yes. and some other stuff. And it's like yeah. I and mean, the the guy who was in the credits at the end of the Amazing Spider-Man yeah. appears in Spider-Man Two. Is yes. he, but his identity no, revealed? No. No. Oh. no. Who is this mysterious fellow in the fedora? Exactly, anyway, Indiana Jones. I, mean, maybe. I am fairly interested about that. But it's interesting you say you're not interested at all in Spider-Man, the next Spider-Man. Whereas last at this last podcast we were saying how how this Captain America film has really got us excited for what's coming next. Exactly. I mean, the point is, Marvel have got their game together, and the other studios are just playing catch up. Of course they are, and I mean, DC turned around the other day. I think um, the what's the guy uh, David S. Goyer was talking the other day to someone to a publication I can't remember forgive me but he said that actually DC and Warner Bros at the moment I don't know how much of this is true because I just can't believe the sentiment but he's saying they actually haven't got a larger plan they don't really know where they're going and I think the same is this, uh, could be said for all of these ones like Mark Miller has been signed up to be a creative director at, at Fox to be able to create an X-Men um, Fantastic Four universe but I just, I just think they're all still making the same films that we saw in like nine, in the nineties and two thousands. Whereas yeah. Avenger, uh, Avengers, very, yeah, there is it's a very nineties feel. Exactly. For I mean, Spider-Man. even Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two, I think actually feels like a more dated film. Sorry, Amazing Spider Man Two feels more dated than Spider Man Two. It does. I, I don't know why. I mean, no. there's lots of perhaps stuff happens in his. Because Spider Man Two is a very good film. It's an excellent film. And yeah. Still remains the best of them mm. of any Spider Man film I've seen. But anyway, yeah. um, final thoughts, Tori. On this, on this segment. Do you want to give it a Bob rating as well? Do you know our traditional Bob rating about a five? We can't let you have 0.5s, I'm mm. afraid. That is an all-wav policy. But, but, but yeah, but final thoughts on... Two. Two, wow, really? really? Wow. Two, two. two for Amazing yeah. Spider-Man two, 2. Two if you're not fussed. Three <laughs> if you are into your... If you're into your Spider-Man superhero, superhero yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I gave it three. As, okay. as a, so it's as an average... You might as well see it. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah. But... Final thoughts on this discussion on on on, on the future building, of on the future of cinematic universes. Do the worlds work? Um, yeah, I think anyone's going to have a hard time to catch up with Marvel. They planned it through, and I think the important thing is is that they're not obviously their game plan is to make all of these films coming together and all the whole universe and thing. But every individual film they make. Obviously, they've got the money, but they spend a lot of time on it. They get good people in, and you know, and unexpected things like Kenneth Branagh, mm. Joss Whedon, and I have to mention him, but Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I mean, this. this I wondered when we'd get Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> we got Fassbender in. That in. But no, but I mean, you could pretty much say his career's been made on the role of Loki. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I was actually, I got around to watching Thor two for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, Tom, it took me so long. Um, uh, but I, I read that he wasn't even supposed to be if in you it. Are listening, <laughs> yeah, if you are listening, Mr. Hiddleston. He wasn't even supposed to be in it, yeah. and yet they were flexible enough to be like, well, he was so popular in the first one, and he was a huge role, and sadly to Christopher Eccleston, Eccleston's... Um, uh, was he Mark, Mark Heath? Malekith. Mal- Mal- Malekith, yeah. yeah one, I felt one, he suffered because of Tom one, Hiddleston yeah, being boosted. I mean, one wonders whether Malekith would have been a much better baddie had uh, Loki not I'm been in the film. I'm absolutely sure he would have been, but mm. Tom Hiddleston was great. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Dan? Just We'll all sum up. What do you think? That, that Are you looking forward to it? I know that we said before, Marvel... We're, you know me, I always train. like to try and give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Marvel can do no wrong at the moment mm. and will continue to impress me as they go as they go on. I'm really excited for what's coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm most nervous about DC, which we haven't talked about too much. But I mean, we'll get Tori in for that another time. Who I think. knows what they're going to do there? Mm. Um, we'll see. I think if Spider-Man, if they try to start being a bit more risky, then 
who knows? They might, you know, they could get their act together and and we could start seeing, you know, it could all it all pay off pretty well. But yeah. For the, for the moment, from what you've said, worrying. I'm slightly worrying. But anyway, thank you very much, Tori. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we hope that you come again. Right, housekeeping. We know we don't have a jingle for this. <laughs> no, we don't. It's yeah. just the time again to wrap things up, discuss yeah. a few outstanding points, and and make uh, sure the paintings are back on perfectly. Yes, well, not yes. perfectly, but as perfect <laughs> as they were at the beginning. Um, so before we address my challenge, yeah. before we address Pokemon, yes, uh, I was very excited this evening to see a rumor is circulating around the interweb that. Um, another cast member has been added to X-Men Days of Future Past. Now, normally this sort of thing would annoy me. Okay. but I don't know this. This no, is an exclusive. I, it's unconfirmed reports from unnamed sources and sure. stuff like that. So it could very well be fake. But I was very excited. And if it is true, it, it, it certainly is exciting. Um, it makes me even more excited for the film. Kelsey Grammer is apparently reprising his role as the Beast, the older Beast. Wow. Um, for a cameo appearance towards the end of the film, so this rumor goes. He apparently was seen uh, on on the set on the studio lot, um, ostensibly there for a filming of a pilot. Something oh, else. all right, yeah. But secretly uh, filming a, a scene as Hank McCoy um, again, because of anyone anyone who's been keeping up with the marketing of this film knows that there is now. Uh, another addition to the X Men Days of Future Past website, which is 25 key moments in the history, to kind of give everyone a bit more context, stuff they can't cover in the film, mm. um, and it's trying to explain away some of the characters. And it's a timeline essentially of 25 key moments that have led essentially to where the mutants are in the future, why they're so. And this is on the official website. It's on the official it? website. You can go and view this, and so it's no spoiler to say that um, in 2015, according to this timeline, uh, Hank McCoy is is murdered by. Um, anti-mutant protesters mm. so um, perhaps that could so up. I mean so presumably once they fix the timeline yeah um, he is obviously alive and well again but we'll see I mean it could well be fake yeah but you've got it. I tell you what Dan I we're going to explode if it's aren't we? true uh, you know and he's back because he was one of the redeeming features because we had our little X-Men was last it last Dan. episode something yes, like, we yeah. discussed the trailer and I, I will promise the listener now <laughs> We will be covering this film. You know, it doesn't matter what we do. Yeah, we'll definitely be covering that. Um, A little bit of added news as well, Dan. Um, You know, we kind of slightly dissed uh, the reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We We were slightly worried. We're going to eat our words. Johnny Knoxville has been cast. Yes, I remember reading that. So we hold our hands up, people. And we apologise. As Leonardo. Yeah. Interestingly. As the the stoic leader leader of of the Ninja Turtles. Um, But but, uh, interestingly, uh, Tony Shalhoub will be playing Splinter. Mm. Um, Because you were slightly worried that that hadn't been mentioned at all. Yes, no mention of Splinter, no mention of anything going on there. Um, uh, Now, I quite like Tony Shalhoub as an actor, so, I mean, I I still don't think he can save the film. No, Um, yeah, I say, we we won't be as vehement in our covering of that um, if if it happens to fall on the same week. It's uh, very strange that they would release that trailer with the uh, presumably the voices of the people who did the motion capture for for the turtles and yeah. now announcing different actors will be providing the voice in, yeah. in post it's a very strange situation maybe was it was it was it decided long ago or is this suddenly a, a new I don't think reaction? even they know I mean, you know or is Johnny Knoxville just making I think Johnny shit no- up I don't know <laughs> well I mean bear in mind the last film he was in was Oscar nominated then well, so course. we'll yes. see we'll yeah. see if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles goes the same way 
I can. I hope so. Yeah, same I for here. one would like to see it. Fingers crossed just... from the uh, one room boys. But um, right, let's get on to the Pokemon saga. That's what everyone cares all about. Right, Dan. All right. You want to you want to know how I've been faring? Well, I I kind of imagined it. If for anyone, if this is the first episode you li- you're listening to, we do a very occasional feature where we either challenge ourselves to see a film, uh, to see a particularly dreadful film or a set of films, um, or people can challenge us. And if you do have any challenges. Probably not for poor Dan. He's going through enough at the moment. If you want to challenge me, <laughs> it's challenge one, Chris. It's one room with a view show at gmail.com or you can uh, tweet us at one room with a view. That's numerical one, or tweet either of us at the press night or Mr. Alton M I S T E R. But Dan's father actually got involved in this, and he yeah. decided that he was going to in lovable an, rogue that he is <laughs> in a, in an old boy style revenge. <laughs> many years after the event, uh, he was going to make Dan sit through the three original Pokemon films that you made he him sorry uh, sit through when you were a younger boy. Yes, and but the twist in the narrative is that. It's been incredibly difficult to source these films. They've since gone on to become collectors' items. I was going to say, I, I vowed that I would not pay to see these films, mm. um, and Amazon are selling them for crazy like money, twenty quid a piece. Yeah, which is insane. It was getting to the point where you essentially had to uh, be in conversation with the Smithsonian <laughs> museums, wasn't it, to see <laughs> yeah. Pokemon? I was ringing up Japan yeah. for all hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta catch them um, all. Also, trying desperately to find uh, an old VHS machine. Yes. Um, <laughs> Which we could, I mean, because I was thinking I could maybe find an old copy of the video that was would have been released when the first one came out, but still no luck there. However, after we mentioned it on the show last uh, in the last show, yeah, uh, people, ha- I have been flooded with with helpful offers. Yes, from um, all of you wonderful from, listeners, from so. the likes of from the likes of many people, including our our dear editor. Yeah. Um, Someone suggested, uh, someone provided a link to an eBay page where I could pick up the films for 99p, but I stress again, I am not spending any money <laughs> you know on you these films. I'm not, I'm not having my first purchase on eBay being a Pokemon movie. <laughs> yeah, that, signs, that sets a dangerous precedent, doesn't it? I mean, Google tracks these things. <laughs> Can you imagine my, my, my targeted ads if I bought all three of those films? Anyway, it doesn't bear thinking about Um Thank you if you did contact with us with suggestions, etc. Yes, we are a lot very of, grateful. A lot, of, um, a lot of links to sites which say you can download them for free and stuff like that. Uh, I've managed, so I've got one. I've got the first one. Perfect. Um, from from Dave, our editor. Who I is... kind of imagine you being in like uh, like um, uh, the bar in Casablanca and just like a shady fit. You, you in the corner and a bloke in a fedora comes in, <laughs> puts it in a brown envelope, and then he, you, he picks up like a lunch bag of money and just walks out there. You you both walk out different exits. Yeah, there's a briefcase type thing on a park bench. In just... Rick's bar. Yeah, just a little piano playing in the background. Uh... Yes, yeah, so I have the first film. I haven't watched it yet, but mm. it is there. I, uh, it's a link. I don't, I don't think I can't think what link it is to. I think it's one of these websites where it's sure. uh, available. You know, watch this movie for free. Sure. Um, I haven't checked it yet, so whether or not I can. Watch yeah, it the legality. We're, or, we're also or, stressed. Or they'll just sort of like, oh yeah, watch it for free. Dan will not break I'll get the, the law. First two minutes, and then suddenly <laughs> it's all you know. Sirens just outside to, the window. Had to buy a bride or something from <laughs> Russia to get the rest of the film. Well, well, she's in the next Be Our Guest, so that's fortunate, yeah. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, so the the challenge continues at uh, quite a pace. Yeah, we'll keep you You're informed. Listening, Dad. <laughs> you hear that? We promise to keep you informed. Another good piece of news, uh, One Room With A View is going to be uh, covering the Sundance London Festival 
I'm the podcast representative. Dan is dispatching me next week. Yes, this is going to be terribly exciting. Absolutely. The website itself is covering it amongst a lot of the other wonderful things it's doing. So I think it's myself, Callum Baker, Cameron Ward and Tom Bond. The Avengers. The Avengers of of, of film criticism. criticism, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Not the Sinister Six. Sent out by by the Nick Fury figure that David Brake is. So we're being dispatched. We're going to be heading to the O2 and uh, so I'll be feeding back to that in the next episode. Mm. Will you be doing interviews and the like or just probably film? I think Tom might be going to a couple of the actual press conferences. I can't be bothered. So uh, I'll be going to the films and the films only, Dan. But yeah, I will have... So so no exclusive interviews with the stars on this podcast. We've got Tory Brazier. That will do. That will tide us over for a little while. Damn right it will. Yeah, of course it will. That is an exclusive. (laughs) I can promise you she won't be appearing on any other uh, podcast in a little while, despite many offers. But yeah, so uh, I will have a lovely bit of news and different films to feed back to you exclusively then. If that doesn't get you back here, Nothing I will. don't know what will. Yeah, and another thing just before, there's lots of stuff on the site. Check us out at oneroomwithaview.com. Uh, there's always lots of things going on, far, far more numerous and extensive than we can mention now. <laughs> but we should say a very special well done to our editor who has just who ran the London Marathon uh, yes, the weekend the before. Weekend. Yeah. Yes, uh, and he, he raised over £2,000 for prostate, prostate Cancer UK, so congratulations. Well done, Dave. But apart from that, should we meet back up in a couple of weeks, Dan? Yes, I think we should. Okay, well, we'll see you then. Cheerio. You're listening to The One Room with a View Show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton.